Hello and welcome to the Magic Story Podcast, where we go behind the scenes with the people who create the worlds and characters of Magic the Gathering. I'm Blake Rasmussen, and I'll be your host. I'm joined today, as I often am, by story guru Allison Lures, also known as Queen of the Dragons. Queen of the, dra- Queen of the Cat Dragons, Queen yes. Queen of the Cat Dragons. Queen of the Cat Dragons, yeah. the Lures Goif. I go by many names. Um, so we, we've been spending the last four weeks talking a lot about Commander 2017. Indeed. But we're past that. We are on to something new and different and forward-looking. So we are talking this week about Ixalan. So next week is going to be the first official Ixalan story Mm -hmm. on Daily MTG on Wednesday. Uh, But in the meantime, we're going to dip our toes into the world of Ixalan before we plant our boots there for the foreseeable future. Boots. That's a good pirate Thanks. reference. Thanks. I got it. I worked on that one for a while. Because <laughs> uh, it's all about exploring. I get, get it. it. Yeah, get yeah, it. totally. Get it. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so why don't, um, you know, it's been it's been about five weeks yeah. since yeah. the last story. Uh, so why don't you catch us up? Um, okay. How, how did we get here? Uh, so if we're if we're talking about we as in like the focus of the story, like what's that, going that on? That is the we. I'm cool. Yeah. So uh, Nicol Bolas, big big bad big bad dragon, just stomped like all over Amonkhet, like all over. It wasn't it wasn't pretty. A lot of gods died. One god survived, uh, but the Gatewatch uh, went there without a plan, without any real idea of how to defeat him, and got their butts kicked like really hard. Uh, so they all, uh, yeah, it, it was it was kind of a smackdown. Cool. That's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what uh, what was kind of the the le- they got smacked down? Yep. Th- then then where do we uh, where do we open for so for uh, so Nicol Bolas attacked each member one by one, mm-hmm. delivering their defeats in charmingly poetic ways as one is wont to do. Uh, Nicol Bolas attacked Jace first splintering his mind, discarding his memories. It was excruciating and awful and oddly familiar. This has happened to Jace more than once before. Uh, And Jace instinctively planeswalked away. Um, So imagine a vortex of color and light. He didn't consciously choose where to go just to get away. And his destination was the result of pieces of memory as they fled from his mind. More than anything, it was an instinctive urge to just leave that made him get sucked down to the one specific, one specific, very hidden place with absolutely no memory of who or what he is. Uh, so this is our chance to re-meet Jace. Who is he without his history, his titles, wins, or losses? Who is he when he chooses who he wants to be rather than playing by someone else's instruction as he has for most of his life? So we're we're definitely following just Jace yep. right now. This is just not Jace. this is not this is not really a Gatewatch story, no, is it? It's really not. You will not see any of the Gatewatch other than Jace here. Okay. Yep. Okay. So um we do know, however, he's not the only planeswalker there. We do know that. We've already seen um, from art and, and whatnot mm-hmm. that uh, that Vraska. Heck yeah. Jace's old old nemesis from Ravnica yep. is uh, also on Ixalan. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure that we're going to find out more about that. Oh, I'm not so asking much. you to give away what Vraska's <laughs> doing there or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. 
were were there any hints that uh, we might have known Vraska was was getting involved in Ixalan before yes. this? Yes. Uh, so back on Ravnica, Ralzarek uh, developed a neat device to track planeswalkers entering and leaving the plane. He recorded the assassin Vraska leaving Ravnica, but was unable to tell where she ended up. And I swear there's a good reason for that. Mm. <laughs> the other clue uh, came from Vraska's dear bug friend, Masaryk. He's Kroll and the leader of a very marginalized group among the Golgari. Vraska cares about people like her, disenfranchised and downtrodden, and she and Masaryk became close friends. She didn't tell him her plans, but he knows that she's gone and has big plans for whenever she returns. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So we're on Ixalan now. Yes. Jace has all kinds of memory things. Or a lack of. Lack yes. of. Raska's there for reasons. Reasons. Uh, what what is this world like that they're they're coming to? What is what is Ixalan like? Ixalan is one continent on a larger world. This story focuses on the actual continent itself of Ixalan. It is lush jungles surrounded by rich azure seas, massive dinosaurs, and it's a home to empires all its own. It's home to two major people, the Dinosaur Riding Sun Empire and the Merfolk River Heralds. Ooh. Merfolk. Merfolk. And to complicate all of this, these two groups are encountering two additional forces, the Pirates of the Brazen Coalition and the Vampire Conquistadors of the Legion of Dusk. Conquistadors is really fun to say. Conquistadors, Conquistadors. yeah. Conquistadors. Um, so... Now this you by the time when at the time we're recording this you've mm-hmm. written this whole story right Uh yes Yeah so you you know what's going to happen I do Where when you were writing mm-hmm. this series of stories um where where did you draw your inspiration A lot of what inspires both the Sun Empire and the River Heralds comes directly from the Aztec and Maya and the succession of control from one to the other. One group having been there for much longer, the River Heralds, in our case, now on the tail end of their control over the continent of Ixalan, and another, the Sun Empire, directly confronting the other on their borders. Influence from the Incans can also can be seen in the terraced farms near the uh, Sun Empire cities of the mountains. Uh, so there's a lot of real-world inspiration that went to all of this. Uh, choosing this setting meant also actively deciding to tackle the imperialist baggage that comes along with it. The nice thing about fantasy is that we get to look at the real world and decide what stays and what goes. And those choices in the creative for our set were made actively and thoughtfully with help from the, our Latin American office. We look to them and help ask them for help in uh, making this not just uh, a story that has a little bit of a foot in reality, but also recognizes that these places are real, these people are real, and uh, we want to be able to make this about fun, uh, not necessarily about drudging through all of the really heavy, awful stuff that we don't think belongs in our game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the residents of Ixalan, uh, to kind of go along with this, are technologically advanced. Uh, they make steel. They build immense cities, already have empires of their own. Their stories do not involve sacrifice, getting duped by invaders, or any other tired trope like that. Instead, we wanted to give them a quest of their own. The invaders are a delightfully thin metaphor here in the form of vampire conquistadors. And those that invade here lack the weapons and diseases that our true history had. Instead, the vampires, the Legion of Dusk, sail on cathedral-like ships from the east and arrive to a hot, humid jungle in very clammy armor, uh, driven (laughs) by religious fervor to reclaim a relic stolen from them centuries before. 
Uh, I, I can't emphasize enough how much the vampires stick out here. Uh, it, it's, it's really funny to look at some of these pictures. Um, but I really want to, like, emphasize that this is not a story of invasion. This is not a let's make a cool place just to blow it up in the next set set. It is not about one group dominating another and wiping it out, but a race to a single goal by all parties. It's a race. And I'm, and I'm sure we will find out what that race is when the story starts. Oh, absolutely. So a, a couple um, couple episodes ago, we talked about vampires, what made them different throughout the magic multiverse. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what kind of makes these vampires uh, unique or different or what, what sets them apart from the rest of the magic multiverse? So uh, these vampires are part of the Legion of Dusk. It is an alliance between a powerful church and an iron-fisted monarch. Uh, the Legion of Dusk comes from the continent to the east, called Torazon. Uh, the vampires who lead the Legion of Dusk are viewed as holy figures, like dark paladins, and their undead existence is full of ritual and taboo. Most importantly, they feed only on the blood of the guilty, enemies of war, rebels of the state, or heretics who defy the church. Uh, they seek an item called the Immortal Sun, which once belonged to them, but was stolen and brought across the sea to Ixalan. And they pray its power will allow the hopes of the church to be fulfilled and eternal life be available to all without the need to subsist on the blood of the wicked. Uh, to kind of go into a little bit more history about them, uh, the Legion of Dusk uh, began a series of wars centuries ago in Torazon, eventually kind of took over the whole continent. Uh, so they spread the, their, their, uh, their, their kingdom across this entire place, really disrupting pretty much everything else there. And they have brought their, their ships and their conquistadors to find this item that they think uh, will allow them to live uh, an eternal existence without needing blood to survive. Okay. Well, let's. Um, we've covered vampires, so we might as well talk about the other four tribes that you sure. mentioned. Uh, let's start with the most awesome of tribes. Yes. Um, I don't even have to tell you what they are. Go, go for it. <laughs> uh, sure. So, um, dinosaurs. Ah, I meant merfolk. What oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we could do merfolk. I'm kidding. Too. We were on the same no, page. No, no, no. Dinosaurs. 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 <laughs> uh, so, dinosaurs are native to Ixalan. They have colorful feathers, like in, science. Like, uh, in science. like in science. The dinosaurs are closely tied with the Sun Empire, uh, one of the four key groups of Ixalan. Uh, like South America's great empire, South America and Mesoamerica's great empires, the Sun Empire are, well, they're an empire with a capital and a central power structure. Uh, the Sun Empire has awakened after long years of quiet. Besieged by pirate raids and the advance of the Legion of Dusk, caught between the invaders from the sea and the wall of jungle behind them, the Sun Empire rises with the ferocity of a dinosaur and the righteous light of the radiant sun to fight off its enemies. Also with actual dinosaurs. Also with actual dinosaurs. Uh, the Sun Empire is in a new era of prosperity, fueled by the magic of their sun priests and the dinosaurs that they command. Uh, so their, their cities are built to accommodate their dinosaur riders with high arches to allow their knights to pass through unobstructed. Um, and uh, just for like some chronological stuff, the Legion of Dusk only started arriving like mm, like maybe two years ago, like fairly recently. Uh, and the Sun Empire is strong enough that they can fight them off fairly fairly easily. Also, they have dinosaurs. Like and, they, and they ride them. And they ride them. They yes, ride the dinosaurs. Yep, uh, they can they can ride dinosaurs. They can command them. They are their steeds uh, in in their fight to not only rule their own empire of Ixalan, but also uh, prevent other people from coming onto it. So are the, are the dinosaurs all um, 
domesticated is not quite the right word, but are, are they all, are, are there are there wild dinosaurs? Oh, yes. There's, okay. there's a lot of them. Okay. Yeah, they are definitely not just like cows and horses. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, there are definitely wild dinosaurs. Uh, there are pterosaurs. There are all sorts of very familiar looking dinosaurs to our, our modern sensibilities. Uh, and there are also ones that the Sun Empire uh, uses and rides for uh, domestic tasks. Okay. Yeah. And with, with feathers because With science. feathers because they're pretty and awesome <laughs> and historically accurate. Yes. Uh, let's talk again about merfolk. Um, yes. Uh, so, uh, merfolk uh, are the river heralds. Uh, is the name of their is the name of their group. So they were uh, they are people of the water. They wield the natural uh, raw force of nature to protect the world from disaster. Uh, they were once the dominant inhabitants of Ixalan, uh, with like a, a large power of their own, and their strength was once enough to drive the Sun Empire out of the interior. Nowadays, that the Sun Empire is a lot bigger and a lot more powerful, they live a more nomadic lifestyle. Uh, Powerful shamans uh, that can shape the rivers and jungles around them, and they believe that uh, this place that no one really knows where it is, called the Golden City, houses uh, the immortal sun and must be kept hidden from all, even themselves. The merfolk uh, in the set are visually striking. Uh, jade jewelry and weapons and armor, and their appearance is one of my favorite depictions of them in magic. Uh, their fins are colorful and bright like tropical freshwater fish, uh, and a lot of Ixalan, the continent's history, is between the struggle of the merfolk and the humans who live there. Uh, kind of like struggling against each other, like who's in charge, who's not, mm -hmm. uh, and their history is pretty vast. I'm, sh I'm certain a lot of it will bend up in the art book later, which you should totally buy because it's really pretty. Um, but yeah, so most of Ixalan's history is uh, is one like is kind of this power struggle, and at the center of it all is this mysterious place known as the Golden City that houses that immortal sun that was uh, stolen all those years ago. Hmm. But no one knows where it is. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, so not even the pirates? Not even the pirates, yeah, okay. not even the merfolk, not even the Sun Empire. No one knows where it is. The merfolk have kind of taken it on themselves to defend uh, the Golden City since they believe that no one should have the power uh, that lies inside of there. Um, and so to protect its secrets, they kind of know where it is, but not the exact location. So they've been uh, making sure no one gets there for centuries. Gotcha. Yep. Well, let's... Um I, we, we've covered merfolk, we've covered dinosaurs, yeah. we've vampires. Let's talk pirates. Pirates. Is, uh, is it all treasure, walking the plank, and adorable monkeys and parrots? Uh, so it is, Sweet. but our pirates are also the descendants of refugees. Uh, their mm. ancestors are from Torazone, the continent to the east. Uh, the Legion of Dust conquered the continent over hundreds of years of war, and the pirates we see today are the children's children, etc., of those that escaped to the sea. They formed the Brazen Coalition, a society that answers to no one but themselves. They may not have a land to call theirs, but they own the seas. So they seek the immortal sun as well, an ancient prize rumored to be more valuable and powerful than any other in existence, one that could possibly be the key to returning to Torazon and driving out the Legion of Dusk to reclaim their ancestral lands. Mm. Okay. Uh, but there's there's definitely adorable monkeys and pirates. There is. Parents. There is. Yes, there, okay. there, there okay. definitely are. Don't worry. Don't don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, so with those with those four groups, uh, you'll you'll notice a common theme in that all of them want something. And there is this mysterious uh, item somewhere in the jungle that can help each of them attain that. 
That sounds like a plot point. Sure does. Um, so let's go back to Vraska. Yes. Uh, so now were you rewriting stories when Return to Ravnica was was a thing? I was not. Okay. So this is, Vraska's a new character for you, at least as far mm-hmm. as writing is concerned. So how did you how did you catch up on Vraska for these stories? Uh, so I reread her old story appearances in Jenna Helen's The Shadows of Prov and Doug Byers' The Gorgon and the Guild Pact. Uh, Those provided a great background for her, but not a good bridge to get her from sneaky, isolated assassin to brave and bold pirate captain. Uh, So most of the work that I did was investigating what it would take to get someone with a history like hers into a headspace where she would want to take this sort of leadership job. Uh, The answer was in Jenna's story. Um, Vraska's backstory is horribly sad, and all of it comes down to things happening to her that she had no choice in. So when I think of Vraska, I think of someone who was never allowed to be anything other than what they were born to do. She's a Gorgon, so what else would, you know, what, 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 what would she be good for other than killing? I don't buy that. Uh, Vraska has been imprisoned, been beaten nearly to death, marginalized again and again. And until now, she compensated by injecting her sense of justice into which assassin contract she would accept. But I think she's tired of being unseen. She deserves more agency than that. And I can't wait to explore what she wants to do when someone believes in her talents. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, someone believes in her talents. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are, we obviously can't like go deep into the excellent story because that's, that's the point of reading that's the, the story. That's the point stories. of doing the thing. Yes. Right. Um, but what are, what, can you tell us some tidbits that we can maybe look forward to in the excellent story? Like, yes. are there, are there vampires riding dinosaurs? Are there Pirates battling dinosaurs? Are there merfolk fighting dinosaurs? Are there dinosaurs riding dinosaurs? (laughs) Uh, So when I was uh, trying to um, workshop how all of these stories would fit together, I literally made a chart of uh, pirates versus dinos, dinos versus pirates, uh, dinos versus (laughs) merfolk, dinos versus vampires, uh, and made sure that one of those ended up in every, like basically every single story that we did. That's amazing. Uh, Or at least in in the the really like action-heavy parts. Yeah. So that's not a guarantee, like, every single one. But, like, that was definitely, like, part of it is making sure that we saw all those combinations that make the actual gameplay of this set so much fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as for, like, an overarching uh, theme to this block, or or this uh, this set, rather, uh, this is a story about desire. It is desire for power, desire for companionship, desire for approval, desire for discovery, and everyone is racing to get what they want first. Everyone wants the immortal sun. No one knows where it is inside the Golden City that no one also doesn't know where it is. But everyone needs to be the one to get there first. Cool. Well, as always, thank you for joining us, Allison. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, thank you for the download on what we've got coming up in Ixalan. Magic Story will resume next week. Yay. Uh, Which means the Magic Story podcast is going on hiatus. Uh, So thank you. Thank you. For listening. And uh, enjoy the story next week. Enjoy. Thanks for reading, everyone. Bye.